Good morning and welcome to church this morning. Great to have you here with us, wherever you are. Uh, again, we are in another lockdown, another restricted service. There's five of us here. We've got Phil and Renee about to lead us in some worship and Ben and Bonnie up the back pushing all the buttons. So if anything goes wrong, just say, hey Ben, hey Bonnie, it's not working. I'm sure it's all working. It, it always works. Everything always works. It's great to have you. If you're um, if you're here with us live, um, make sure you jump on the chat and say hi, say good morning. Um, I can see a few people already. Nina, my mum's there. Hi, mum. Elaine and Damastros and Claire and a few others. I'm not going to read all the comments, but it's great to see you guys, um, and we can see that you're there. Uh, so it's great to have you with us this morning. Um, if you've got your Church Centre app, if you're able to somehow make that work at the same time that you're streaming this, whatever, whatever you're watching it on, um, jump on there, check in, let us know that you're there, um, even if you're not saying hi in the, in the comments, uh, just so we know who's at church this morning, who's with us, uh, that'd be fantastic. Um, you can use the, the Church Centre app as well to um, fill in a Connect card or a Next Step card, um, get involved in small groups or ministry, uh, find out what's on. The, the Church Centre app is probably the best way to stay up to date with what events uh, are on and what's cancelled, what's jumped to online um, and things like that. Uh, as the, the days and the weeks change, um, moment by moment, we try to keep the website and the events um, on the Church Centre app on, on, on the website up to date as much as possible. So please try to use that um, as you can and that would be fantastic. Um, what else do I need to say? One of the things that is supposed to be on that's not on this week is Out for Lunch. So if you had planned to come for Out for Lunch, that's not on this week. What is on, what is planned to be on though, on the 28th of August at this stage, is the men's breakfast uh, starting at 7 o'clock. Uh, so that's a, an awesome time to come together as men and share a, a good meal, some bacon and eggs and sausages and cereal and toast and whatever you want. Um, someone will be sharing. Uh, and then after the men's breakfast, uh, we on the same day, we're having a, a grand tour, which is a, sort of a, a, a drive for the whole family, so you can jump on board and um, come for a, a grand tour. It's always a lot of fun. So that starts at 9.30 here at the church, and, and that's for everybody. So two things on, on the 28th of August, the men's breakfast at 7, and then the family grand tour on at 9.30 and you'll be able to find those details in the, on the website and on the Church Centre app uh, and in the newsletter as well. Um, obviously, you need to read your newsletter. If you don't get your newsletter, um, maybe send us a, an email, let us know that you don't get the newsletter. Maybe check your spam folder in your emails. Sometimes we find that they go there. Um, you can open it, you can read it, you can normally find all the information that you need. Uh, it goes out every week on a Friday. That's cool, um, and we don't know what next Sunday is, but um, if we are in the building, most likely it'll be limited in capacity, and so you'll need to register, um, and so just keep an eye on the, on the website, again, for, for details on that and for, on how to register um, if we're allowed to be back in the building by then. But this morning, uh, as we come to a time of worship and singing, I'm going to invite you to to pray with me, um, to really just set our, our hearts and this time aside to, to focus in on, on the glory of God and, and his goodness and his grace in our life. Um, 
I really encourage you to, to participate in, this, in these next moments and not just to sit back and watch, um, to join your faith, whether that means singing out loud or whether that means standing. Um, whatever you need to do to engage your faith and to engage your heart, to engage yourself, to worship God for who He is. So I'd encourage you to, to pray with me now. Lord God, we thank you. We thank you for your goodness and we thank you that we can trust you. God, when we don't know what tomorrow brings, you do. And uh, God, when we don't know what the future holds, we know that you stay the same throughout. You will, you will be the same next week. You will be the rock on which we stand, the thing on which we hold. And uh, God, we pray that, that we might know that that steadfast love that you have for us this morning. That it might be the, the calm amongst the storm, the peace that holds us together. And God, we pray that as we worship you this morning, as we lift our hearts to you this morning, that we might know your presence in our life. God, I pray especially for those this morning that maybe don't know you personally, maybe um, don't have a faith in you, God, that somehow this moment might touch their heart, that you might reveal yourself to them in a life-changing way. God, would you use all of uh, what's happening this morning, what's happening in these moments to glorify you and to draw us closer to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God, we thank you. We thank you that your love is here with us. We thank you that your love is for us. God, we pray this morning that that we might know that love in a life-changing way, in a real way. And God, that that love might go out from us um, and others might know about it as well. God, we pray that it doesn't stop with us. God, it might flow through us in every part of our life, through our words, through our actions, through our life, so others might hear and know of the goodness of Jesus. And God, we thank you this morning that you want to speak to us. You want to encourage us. We pray you do that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, awesome. It's good to be here again. And um, well, sort of good. Sort of not. Some people like this. Some people don't. Um, but it's good that we can do this. It's good that we can still gather. Um, imagine if we were in a situation like this, even 10, 20 years ago, um, it would be a very different situation uh, in terms of what we could do and, and how we could gather as a church. It would be, it's much more difficult, but we are very fortunate to be in a position to be able to do this each week and, uh, and just adjust um, with a couple of days' notice, which is really cool. Um, for those of you who don't know, I thought I'd just give you a bit of a, an idea of some of the things that are still happening um, in church life, um, it can be easy to think, um, and I suppose we, we all are dealing in our own ways with um, the lockdowns that we, we face, to sort of forget about what else is happening in the world around us because we're so consumed by um, the changes that we're facing personally in our own family, in our own jobs, um, and that's fair enough. Um, there's so much to take in, there's so much to adjust, there's so much to change every time this happens. Uh, and each time it's a little different and feels a little different. Um, but for those of you who, who maybe don't know, um, our youth have been continuing to meet, and, and they have right since the pandemic started in March last year, 
every week um, through the school terms and so they just quickly adjust to a Zoom online and say every Friday, whether we're in lockdown or whether we're in person, uh, the Ignite tribe is still meeting and they just met again on Friday night on Zoom. Uh, and so if you want to join in on that and pray for them even on a, on a Friday night about 6 o'clock when they meet, um, that would be fantastic. And, um, you know, we have a great youth team that continue to, to serve and, um, and disciple our young people, uh, which is fantastic. We had our SBC kids doing the same things, you know, Pastor Steve and, and the team on, on a Sunday morning are, are jumping on Zoom at 9 o'clock uh, before the stream and, and doing a Zoom and... Um, Again, just an amazing thing that's happening every week. And for some of us, we don't even realize that that's happening. Um, There's a prayer meeting that's happening on Zoom on a Sunday morning at 8.45. Again, um, people gathering together to pray pray for you, pray for us. Um, And you're more than welcome to join in that prayer meeting as well. Uh, Details are in the newsletter and sort of available out there. If you need to find it, I'm sure you can find it. If you can't, let us know and we'll, we'll point you in the right direction. Um, the staff and the volunteers and, and people are still gathering um, and joining together in different ways. Um, we've got a, a young guy uh, who, unfortunately, through these lockdowns, I mean, what a, what a time to come, but he's come from New Zealand to, to visit his mum, who's part of our church, and he's been doing an eight-week um, practical uh, at our church and sort of trying to um, get involved in some different ministries, um, but it's been really tough for him, but uh, he's been here um, helping around the church when he can, um, doing some stuff from home when he can. And, uh, you know, there's just so much. Church Council have been meeting. We just met last last week on Zoom and continuing to, to move forward and believe for what God is is doing in our, in our future and in our midst. You know, God is not um, in lockdown and God has never been in lockdown. His, his uh, work and his heart, his passion, his love keep going forward and um, I think as, as we continue to, to navigate these times, it's really important for us to, to make sure we don't stay idle or think, well, this is an opportunity for me just to sit back and, and take a, a week off, a month off, a year off, my faith, my journey, my walk, um, what God wants to do, because he doesn't want to take any time off. Um, he wants to keep moving forward, and, and we've just got to keep seeking him and asking him what what is it you want us to do how do we how do we move forward in these times and I guess this morning that's a bit of the heart of what I want to talk about I want to um, maybe uh, this morning is going to be a slightly different sort of message in the sense that it's um, I'm just going to explore some ideas on on what it means to be the church in these times um, and I'm not going to come with all the answers, but maybe some more questions and answers, but some things for us to wrestle with and think about. Um, and hopefully you can do that um, with me and together we can um, continue to be the church, that what God has called us to be, who God has called us to be. So I want to read a passage well known uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, parts of it anyway, um, and then just have a, a, bit of a, a bit of explore together on what it means to be the church. So 1 Corinthians 12 starting at verse 12, says this, For just as a body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many, are one body, so also is Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks or whether slaves or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Indeed, the body is not one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it is not for that reason any less a part of the body. 
And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it is not for that reason any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted it. And if we jump down to verse 27, it says, Now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. And God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, next miracles, then the gifts of healing, helping, administration, various types of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all do miracles? Do all have the gifts of healing? Do all speak in other tongues? Do all interpret? Rhetorical questions, obviously, no. But let's pray and then let's... um, Let's have a chat. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we can trust it. We can um, let it guide our hearts and our lives. And God, we pray this morning that that's what it would do. God, I pray that um, you would unify us in one thought around what it means to be your church, your people. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, there's different words that we use um, at different times in our life that have more than one meaning, and I think um, church is one of these things. Another one of these things is when we talk about the idea of love, you know, we can love different things, um, and you've probably heard this sort of idea before, you know, we can love coffee, and we can love our kids, we can love our spouse, we can love our bed, Uh, and obviously these, hopefully, are different sorts of loves, uh, and we don't have the same sort of love towards our kids that we do towards our coffee, Um, can be touch and go sometimes, but no, we should have different sorts of love, and we do. And we use the same word, uh, but we have different meanings for it. Uh, in the same way, we, we do this with church. We say things like, I'll meet you at the church. And when we talk about that, we actually mean the, the physical building. We mean the, the four walls, and, um, and we use the word church as a, as, as a place, as a physical place. Uh, or sometimes we talk about the church uh, as in the people, and we mean the people. We say that like, things like the church is growing, and what we mean by that is that the people are growing. They're, they're, there's more people coming and joining in the church. We don't mean that the, the walls are suddenly got life in them and are building themselves up or expanding. Um, I mean, that would be a miracle. Or sometimes we mean church, the experience, and we say things like, I felt God move in church and and what we mean is that sort of moment, and, and particularly on a Sunday morning when we gather, we think that church service or that church gathering, um, and we talk about church in that sense. And, and I don't think any of those are, are right or wrong, or I mean, I think they're all right, but I don't think it's wrong to use the word church in those different sorts of ways. But I think it's important for us to understand that. What do we mean when we say church? What do we mean when we say we are the church, when we go to church? we believe in the church, whatever it is that we say about the church, what is this church and what is its purpose? And so I think uh, this morning, whatever we believe, it it sort of has big ramifications. It's a foundational thought to our Christian faith that really leads us uh, in so many different ways. And so this morning, firstly, I want to just quickly talk about, there's there's two main thoughts in in the scripture when when it comes to church. Um, the, ch- the, the word church and the, the idea of church is mentioned multiple times in the New Testament. Um, the idea of church is not really an Old Testament idea. Um, Israel and the nation uh, is really 
God's people in the Old Testament, and we're not going to get into all that, but basically the church started at Pentecost in Acts. You can read about it in Acts 1 and 2. That's really the, the beginning of the church, um, and that's where the church sort of flourished and grew, and that's where we are today from that moment in Pentecost. Uh, and whenever we talk or hear about the church in the Bible, in the New Testament, there's sort of two main thoughts. The first is that uh, we talk about the universal church, and the other one is the, the local church. And so when we talk about the universal church, we're talking about every single believer. Um, we're talking about every believer that has been and gone, that has died, um, and we're talking about the, the believers that are to come. We're talking the, the heroes of the faith. We're talking about everyone, uh, all together, the universal church, all one people, composed of all Christians. And this is the idea that we, that we get when we hear things like there is only one church in Ephesians that talks about this. And this is the church, this is the, the idea that began in Acts um, on the day of Pentecost. Um, the people that are added to this universal church are really the ones that God adds to it. Only God can determine who is really a part of his church, his body. And when we talk about the local church, we talk about uh, an organized group of, of Christians. And so we'd say Sale Baptist is a local church, even though we are sort of all spread apart in different towns, in different places, in different um, homes. At the moment, we are composed of... Uh, of the people that, that call Sale Baptist Church home. And there are many churches, and we see this in Scripture as well. Paul talked about this, you know, when he wrote to different um, places in Corinth, in Thessalonica, Thessalonica. Well, you try to say it fast. Um, and it, it's really, the local church are people that um, are gathered by, by themselves in the sense that, that God doesn't determine who's a part of the local church, the, the people do. And so um, it's, it's, a, it's a dynamic thing, it's a changing thing, um, and it's composed of people that are present um, in, that, in that time and that space. And so it's, I think these sorts of ideas, the universal and the, and the local church, are really important um, ideas for us to, to grasp when we begin to talk about what does it mean to be the church in today's day and age? What does it mean to be the church? Um, because we can easily think, well, I can be a part of the church, um, and, and, when, and what we really mean is we can be part of the universal church because we're Christians. We can be part of God's wider body and then not belong to a local church. When really God's intent and purpose for us is to be a part of not just the universal church, not just a part of the global um, family of Christians, but really be committed and connected to a local church. Um, one of the ways that there's many pictures in the, in the New Testament around church, you know, the body of Christ, uh, the family of God, the temple of God. Um, there, there's many sorts of pictures and analogies. The bride of Christ is another one. Uh, and this morning I want to just quickly talk about this idea of being the body of Christ and how this applies both to our understanding of the universal church, the global church, everyone has a part to play, and the local church. Um, the body is, you know, this idea of different parts playing their role. And, and for me, this is one of the best pictures for us to understand what it means to be the church. And so I want to talk about a few characteristics of the body that help us to understand what the church is. And one, one of these, and I think the first one, is that the head is attached. 
and this might seem like a funny thing to say, but a body has a head attached to it. And this is really important because the head directs and signals every other part of the body. And without the head, the body can't function or operate. And so when we think about this in terms of the local church, we think of leaders and pastors and those that we elect and those that we say these people are going to be the, the head of the church, the, those that give direction to it. Uh, and so we function in accordance to those that we say. And when we talk about the universal church, we say that Jesus is the head. Um, and, and together those, those truths come together and we, and we need to stay attached to the head to be a part of the church. And so if we're part of the universal church, we need to make sure that Jesus is our leader and our head and that's what determines whether we're part of the universal church. And if we're part of a local church, we need to be under the leaders and those that we elect and, and put into positions of authority and make sure that we serve and um, commit ourselves to them. Our body cannot function or survive without the head being attached and us being attached to the head. Another attribute or characteristic of the body of Christ or any body is that it's connected to itself. And again, this seems obvious and sort of not warranted to state, but the body is only a body because it's connected to itself. If it wasn't connected, it would simply be body parts, limbs, ears, eyes, um, organs, um, toenail, whatever part it is, you, you wouldn't say that part by itself is a body, you would just say that's a body part. And so what's really important in the body of Christ is that we are interconnected to each other, uh, especially when it comes to being a part of the, the local church, being part of Sal Baptist Church, is that we are connected to each other. You can't say you're a part of the church without being connected to other Christians, to other Christians that are part of Sal Baptist. It just doesn't work like that. It doesn't make sense. It's not the way God intended it to be. And so it's connected to itself. Another part or a characteristic of the body is that it is well, well fed and well cared for. So again, when you think about a body, uh, when, one, when one part gets hurt, another part supports it. If, um, if you injure yourself, if you bash your elbow on something quickly or almost instinctively, your hand will go to it to sort of comfort it, to support it, to help it up, or whatever it is. If you graze your knee, you might touch it. If you're a kid, you might go, I don't want to touch it, don't touch it. Uh, but as we grow, we quickly understand that actually if I apply pressure to it, if I put my hand on it, it, it makes it feel better than what it did. Uh, if we're hungry, if our stomachs are hungry, our hands and our mouth work together to feed our stomach. I don't know if that's a, a great picture for me, that the, the way in which the body needs to feed and nourish itself, um, the things that the people that need nourishing, the, the parts of us that need nourishing actually require others to contribute to that nourishment. The stomach has no ability to feed itself. No matter how hungry the stomach gets, it is so dependent on its hands and its mouth and its other digestive functions to get the nutrients in that it needs. And so the church is needed to care and feed itself, care for and feed itself, both figuratively and literally. Um, and so when there is a need, we can never say, oh, the church should be able to help. We should be saying, how can I help? Because I need to see the need and then help the need. We should be able to say, I can help or I can find help. 
Because again, the church is not out there. The church is not some place or just the building, but it is us who call ourselves believers. Wherever you are, the church is. Another characteristic of the body of Christ is that all parts function. All parts function. I mean, this is not the case of every human body that you've ever seen, but I mean, part of an ideal body is that all parts function. There are no parts of the body that are inactive or that don't work. They have their moments of inactivity. They have their moments of rest. But any part of the body that is not functioning is not helping the body and is in need to be cut off. Each part of the body not only functions, but its function is in the context of the body. It doesn't just function by itself, but it functions in the context of the body. Uh, like a marathon runner is a, is a great example of this, runs well when their whole body is involved. If, one, if, if you've been watching the Olympics and, and a marathon runner just suddenly said, just thought, oh, I don't need to use my arms, I'm wasting my energy moving my arms, they wouldn't, I mean, they'd look very funny running 42Ks with trying to keep their arms just by the side not moving, um, but it would actually hinder their performance. But it would be very easy for the, if the arms could talk, if the arms could talk, it'd be very easy for the arms to say, well, I'm not running, I'm just here. What's, like, I don't need to contribute anything, I don't need to do anything, it's all the legs, that's all it is. I mean, running is all about how fast the legs move and the legs are the ones that are getting you from A to B. So I'm just going to take this, I'm just going to sit this one out. I'm just going to, or the lungs or, or whatever it is, you know, it's whole body moving, although it can seem like it's just the legs doing the work. And sure, the next day the legs might be hurting the most, but for the marathon runner to, to effectively run, the whole body needs to function well. And any part of the body that's not functioning well hinders the, the rest and prevents the rest from reaching its potential. All parts function. And so there might be times in our walk where we might think that our part is not important that what we're doing, the way we're serving, the the gifts or the contributions that we can bring are not important, they're not vital. They're not the main part, we might think. But when you don't function in the way that God uh, has gifted you, the whole body suffers. The whole body suffers because inevitably someone else has to try to do that role and they might not do it as well. Another characteristic of the body, and this is the last one that I want to share about this morning, is that all parts are different and they're not interchangeable. All parts are different and they're not interchangeable. You can't effectively be something you're not. And no one can easily replace you or your place in the body, no matter what they say. Some of us um, maybe are reluctant to get involved in the church, in this church, in any church, because we've been made to feel unwanted before. And I think this is a real shame, and I think it's a sin of those that made you feel like that, because in God's body, everyone is needed. And everyone has a place. Everyone has a function. And so my encouragement, my challenge for you this morning is to not let the mistakes of others prevent you from being the person that God has called you to be, in the place God has called you to be. Because God has a a role, he has a place for you to belong, to contribute to, that only you can do, that can't be interchanged with somebody else. 
Sure, some people might be able to pick up the slack, but it's not going to be the same. It's not going to reach its potential. The whole body suffers when we don't all play our part, when we don't all function in the role that we're supposed to be. And so as we think about these ideas, how does this translate to today's day and age? How does it translate to what we're doing this morning, for example, where I'm here, you're wherever you are, and we're connected by this means of technology, um, whatever it is, whether, I mean, part of what we're doing and the, the team is doing is putting this onto DVD and giving it out during the week as well, and it's just amazing the way our team have functioned in this, in this time. So whether you're watching this live or whether you're watching this back later um, or just listening to the podcast, what does this mean for you and I to be the church when we're not physically gathered together and when we're not able to be physically gathered together? How can we make sense of that? For some of us, we can easily just go, it's not right. It's not the way God intended it and it's, we can't... Um, effectively be the church like like this it's actually hindering us being the church and and I guess this is um, a sense over over years um, and through history is that modern advances in technology whatever they are have always been met by skepticism uh, and especially in, in in church life that can that can be true whatever um, advances that are made in um, in technology and, and in ways of moving forward uh, can be met with scepticism at the start because we like to hold on to tradition. We like to hold on to, and, and, and rightly so, I think, in a lot of senses. But think about some of the, the ways in which we've moved forward um, through modern technologies. Uh, one of them is like printed Bibles or even translated Bibles uh, from the original Greek and Hebrew. Um, uh, Again, when that was happening, the idea of having the Bible translated into your native language was, by some, opposed. We can't do this because it's not the real Bible. Or even we have now, most of us would read our Bible on our phone or a device rather than a printed Bible. And again, we might say, well, that's not right, but is it any less God's word? And, in, and even in um, the Bible, it talks about the written word. Uh, and obviously the written word is not the printed word or the, I don't know, what you would call that, the electronic word. Um, and so we, we, we have adapted the way we think around these um, ideas over years. Um, or we might think of phones, um, telephones for calling and having conversations can we have a conversation, and I'm not giving you the answers to these, I'm just saying these are some of the things we need to think about. Um, can we have conversations over the phone um, that are as meaningful as face-to-face conversations? That are as um, meaningful in a sense of what God would have for us, or does it need to be face-to-face? And I don't know what the answer to that is. I would say I think we can, and I think it's okay. I think... This is illustrated really well by the way even the Bible was written and the fact that Paul wrote letters to churches and so he, was ne- he wasn't physically present with the churches but 
it was enough for God to use to move the church to where he wanted it to be. That, in fact, the idea of a, a socially distant church was demonstrated right back at the beginning when the Bible was written, um, that Paul wrote letters to places that he didn't physically go to. He sent messengers with a letter and said, this is what I want to say, and they read it and they took on board what Paul said, and we, God used that means to, um, to move them forward. And so all that to say, I think we've got, we've got more than one way of communicating, and we know this. And so I think it's important that we don't get caught up in the method, but rather the commands or the intent of what God has for us. We could easily dismiss online church, online ministry, any digital sort of ministry, because it's not the way Jesus did it. It's not the way the disciples did it. They didn't call each other. They didn't text each other. They didn't stream each other. They were there face to face physically present with each other. And we don't see it referenced in the Bible. And for some of us, meeting weekly, in person, physically, is the right thing for us. And for others, the right thing is a hybrid, and for others, it's going to be online. And I want to encourage us to to remember that what's right for us is not necessarily right for the next person. Um, Paul talks about this. He says, whatever is not of faith is sin. And he says, um, in terms of, he, he uses the example of eating meat, and he says, for, for some, it's, it's going to be sin, and for others, it's not. Let, let each person make up in their own mind what is right. So for us, we need to make sure that the, the instructions that we've received from the Holy Spirit, the convictions that we have, are right for us and not imposed onto everybody else. But we need to be able to have these robust conversations. We need to be able to keep each other accountable to the functions and the commitment to the church, no matter the method we do it. And so I go back to what I was sharing before, this idea that the church has a head. It's connected to itself. It's well fed and cared for. All parts function. All parts are different, and each part is not interchangeable. And so whether, whatever method we use to connect and to be the church, we need to make sure that the things that we are um, doing, the ways that we are contributing, are biblical. And that we can make sure that we stand before God and before each other and say, this is us, this is what we are called to do. Church isn't something you attend, but it's something you belong to and contribute to. You know, we say one of our values is home for all. And home is somewhere that you live, somewhere you eat, somewhere you clean up, somewhere you rest. Home is more than a house. It's the people that occupy it that make it the home. You can't attend home. You, you might be able to attend someone else's house. And so I want to ask you this morning, is this your home? Is this the place you belong? Is this the place you contribute Is this the place you grow, that you encourage others, that you rest, that you play your part? Because no matter if you are here physically, uh, whenever you can, or whether you're online, we all belong and we all have a function to play that others can't. And I think as we find our place, as we find our place to belong, as we find our place to contribute, we flourish and we're nourished and we, we nourish others as a result. 
I think over the last 18 months, over the last little season, it, it can be very easy for us to grow distant to the, the roles and the functions that we have as a part of a church because it's not what we used to do. Uh, it's not how we used to uh, play our roles. So my challenge for all of us, myself included, is in these times, in these seasons, that we all still find our function, that we all still find our place to belong, that we stay connected to each other, that we stay connected to the roles that Jesus has gifted us with. Because I don't think we can just say, well, there's a pandemic, so God has just put a pause on me being a part of the church. I think it's a, it's a challenge for all of us because some of us have drifted in our faith and drifted in our walk with Jesus because we've lost connection with each other. We've lost connection with the head. We've lost connection with the function that we're supposed to play. And I want to encourage us all to, to find our place, to find where we can belong, to find where we can contribute, serve, give, encourage, because as we all do that, we continue to flourish and we continue to move forward together and see um, what God can do as we uh, are his body in the way he has commanded us and encouraged us and challenged us to be. So I'm praying this morning that some of these words, some of these ideas have may, maybe made you think, maybe made you sort of question what your role is, what your function is, uh, in a way that's going to move you forward, in a way that's going to help us to all move forward. I think it's, it's so important that we sometimes just hold each other accountable. And I'm not pointing this at any one or group of people. I think we're, we're all doing great. Um, but I always want us to, to keep moving forward and never just be complacent with where we're at. Uh, but to continue to move forward, continue to see the hand of God move amongst us. And so I want to encourage you to, to keep praying for each other, continue to keep encouraging each other, um, and to, to really um, lift each other up as much as we can. Continue to meet together in whatever capacity you can, whether that's in homes or whether that's outside or whether that's online on Zoom. I mean, so many of our small groups are still meeting every week on Zoom and they haven't missed a, a week. Whatever you can do, however you can, to continue to connect yourselves to one another, connect yourselves to the, the purposes and the plans that God has for you. Let me pray for you as we close and as we um, go into our weeks this week. Lord God, we thank you for your word and we thank you that, that you love us. Uh, we thank you that you have a good plan for us. We thank you that you are the head of your church, that you hold us together even when we are so different, uh, when we think differently, when we behave differently, God, you hold us together. And God, I pray that you would unify us together, that, that this church, Sal Baptist, this local church, would be so well connected to each other, that we would care for each other well, that we would love each other well, that we would serve each other well. And God, as we do that, we can best perform and best do the things you've called us to do, to reach the lost with the gospel, the primary mission of the church. And so God, we thank you for this week, for what it holds. We lift up those in authority over us, those in our local government, in our state and federal governments. And God, we pray for, for your wisdom, for your clarity. God, we pray for for your best on their lives, on their families' lives. And God, we pray that um, we might be the, the hands and the feet that you've called us to be. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's it. 
I want to encourage you to stay in the chat. Thanks for the round of applause. I can tell you're all clapping at home. <laughs> there's, there's one clap. Uh, say hi in the chat. Make sure you stick around. Um, do whatever you can do to connect with someone. Maybe send them a message. This is a great opportunity just to, to text someone, tell them that you're thinking of them, praying for them. Um, I'm really looking forward to the next few weeks. Whatever state we find ourselves in over the next um, weeks going forward, um, We've got some good things planned. We've got some stories and testimonies coming up that I really think are going to bless you and um, encourage you. And so I really encourage you to keep tuning in every Sunday, whether you can be here in the building or whether you can just be on the couch to, to keep the routine going, to keep the connection going, because uh, it's going to be really encouraging for you. With all that, we'll see you next Sunday. Have a great week.